Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge-to-edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by the dynamic duo. It's Derrickson, Debro, and Andrew Erickson. Guys, uh, we have kind of been um, dunking on each other, for lack of a better word, in the last couple of minutes. So I'm really excited to see how the show goes. Debro, I just chatted with you yesterday. Erickson, how was your 4th of July? Uh, it was rainy. It rained a lot on the 4th of July, which is very depressing because now that we're back at work, grinding away on these fantasy football rankings, cheat sheets, uh, it's like 95 degrees outside. So a great day to be great. Yeah, torrential downpour here in Denver during 4th of July. So that was super disappointing. We will forge ahead here for today's show. We're talking about some players that the rankings currently have wrong. This is based off the half PPR expert consensus rankings coming from analysts all over the industry. So it's not just the fantasy pros guys. And you two are going to be telling me which players the rankings are currently wrong on. We sit here early July. These are obviously subject to change. But as of right now, here's what we're thinking. We're going to start with Erickson giving us the players he's higher on than ECR. Start with quarterback Geno Smith. Look, he is quarterback 15 in the ECR rankings, which I just don't understand. 20 starts for the Seahawks over the past two years, average over 20 fantasy points per game. He's essentially the boomers version of Ryan Tannehill, where nobody wants to buy in. We want to see a bigger sample size when I think Geno Smith has shown enough that he can deliver a low-end fantasy QB one season with Jackson Smith and Jigba now added to this offense. I don't understand how he doesn't return value where he's being drafted, and I'm drafting him over Tua. So, I mean, that's how I feel about Geno Smith. So Cam Akers, my my running back that I think I'm higher than the consensus on. So he's at the, he's RB 22 in the ECR ranks in ADP. Look, this guy was the RB four during the final six weeks of the year, led the NFL in rushing yards per game. They're already talking about how he's going to be the number one running back for their team and play a central role in the offense. And it's not just lip service because we've already seen Sean McVay do this. Like they did it last year. So it's not, oh, this is what's going to happen. We've never seen it before. It's, hey, I'm the head coach. I decide who plays, and I'm deciding that I don't hate Cam Akers this year. So, yes, Cam Akers as a low-end RB2, I think is bonkers, especially with the competition he's facing. Sony Michelle, Mr. 2.9 yards per carry himself, please. Nick Chubb, running back. People are not high enough on Nick Chubb. He's RB5 ADP, RB6 in the ECR ranks, I believe. Uh, he was RB4 weeks 1 through 12 last year. And then his production tailed off when Deshaun Watson came back. I just don't think that 
those numbers and splits are indicative or predictive of what Nick Chubb is going to do in 2023. I just expect Deshaun Watson to be better. Therefore, I think Nick Chubb is going to absolutely smash expectations and have a career year. You look at the betting markets, Nick Chubb is the favorite to lead the NFL in rushing yards. And yet he's not a consensus top five running back. What are we doing here, people? And the fact that also I think we could see an expanded role in the receiving game. Jerome Ford is an unproven asset. Kareem Hunt is gone from this offense. The last time we saw Nick Chubb play was week 18 of last season. Sean Watson was starting. Kareem Hunt barely played. You saw Nick Chubb have a 75% snap share, which was a season high. He ran around on 71% of the drop packs, caught five of six targets, 22% target share. He was the RB1 overall that week. So when people talk about, oh, well, Nick Chubb doesn't have the upside to be RB1, what do you mean? He did it in week 18 when he had the receiving usage, which I think he may have an expanded role here this season without Kareem Hunt. A.J. Brown, wide receiver seven in the ADP and ECR. He's wide receiver four last year, eighth in fantasy points per game, 29% target share. Look, it's, I, I think he's drafted to be, I think he's being drafted closer to his floor, kind of being ranked there. I understand why some of the guys are going ahead of him, but A.J. Brown is just really good. Like he's just a dominant player. He's always been uber efficient. So when it's like, oh, well, he's probably going to regress this year. Well, why? Like what has A.J. Brown shown us? He's entering his age 26 season. He's in his uber prime. He's a yak god. So for me, I want A.J. Brown as a top five wide receiver. Like I feel great picking him, especially in the first and second round. Like I love A.J. Brown this year. You know, looking at how consistent he was last year, despite high target competition between Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. You had the third most top 24 finishes, second most top 36 finishes. And I'll, my last player here is Chris Godwin. He's wide receiver 28 in the ECR ADP ranks. He's just too cheap, honestly, with the downgraded quarterback. Like it's baked in with Baker Mayfield as the projected quarterback for the Buccaneers. Last year, Godwin over 1,000 receiving yards. He only had three touchdowns. So I expect him to have some positive touchdown regression based on the amount of targets he saw in the red zone last season. He's another year removed from his ACL injury. So I think that favors him. And I think kind of mitigates a little bit the loss of Tom Brady. Remember, Tom Brady wasn't efficient last year. Tom Brady had a really low touchdown rate. And despite what everyone says about Baker Mayfield, like Baker Mayfield was good at one point. He's shown at the NFL level that he can be a capable passer. And he has weapons. Like, why can't Mike Evans and Chris Godwin make Baker Mayfield better? I mean, he wasn't going to be better in Carolina with the guys he was throwing to with the Panthers. Godwin and Mike Evans are the best two wide receivers that he's played with. So why can't he be better and, and facilitate some fantasy production, especially from a guy operating from the slot, where the, most, the best fantasy producer we've seen with Baker Mayfield was Jarvis Landry, who was a top 20 receiver in two seasons with Baker Mayfield. So... Week four onward, Godwin was wide receiver 11 in points per game. So I think he's just ranked too low for me outside the top 24. I think that's good value. First of all, I want to mention on uh, Geno Smith, he is highlighted also in your sleepers for all 32 teams article, Erickson, that you wrote a couple of weeks ago. Everybody should go check that out on fantasypros.com. It is a beast of an article with a ton of great info in there. So uh, everybody should definitely read about Geno Smith and all the other sleepers you highlighted in there. I have to ask about Chris Goddard. When you guys sent me the list for the this show, the only name that was repeated between the two of you was Chris Godwin. But Erickson had him higher than ECR, and Debro had him lower. So we're spoiling sort of the end of the show here, talking about Debro's. But Debro, now is the time to talk about him. What do you disagree with on with Erickson about Chris Godwin? I I don't know that we could possibly see a good version of Baker Mayfield on the NFL field ever again. Like I. Mean, if Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore can't make Baker Mayfield better then I don't know if Chris Godwin and a dusty version of Mike Evans can do that. So 
I have no faith in the Tampa Bay offense. Like, you can count me out on Rashad White. No. Mike Evans. No. Chris Godwin. Look, I've, I've got him at wide receiver 35, and that really comes down to volume. But even that's in question. Like, we're talking about a Tampa Bay passing offense that, yeah, like, they were leading the league in passing attempts. You look at Godwin, and this is not a Godwin thing. Like, I don't hate Godwin because of his talent. Because of deeper metrics, the guy is still good. But when I have concerns about the quarterback play, even being league average, and if Baker Mayfield sucks, like I know, like we've talked in, in previous shows about, okay, well, if the backup's okay, like in the in the case of Desmond Ritter, does he have an out with Taylor Heineke? He may not be great, but he's better. Dude, we don't even know what the hell we would get out of Kyle Trask. Like, so I'm not going to push my chips into the middle on Chris Godwin because regardless, they're tied. Him and Mike Evans are tied to Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. No, no, no. Um, Erickson, I'm going to use one of your one of your hammered on points throughout the seasons against you here. Don't we want to invest in good offenses? Is Tampa Bay going to be that? I don't necessarily think so, but we all said the same thing about the Seahawks last year and we're all wrong. That's fair. So it's fair. That's what I'm trying to make up for last year because I basically just wrote off the entire Seahawks offense because I was like, Oh, well, they're just going to suck. And Mm -hmm. then you have Tyler Lockett being drafted outside the top 30 receivers, which was just, it's an, the bar for Chris Godwin to be a good fantasy pick is not high based on where he's being drafted. Like, that's the point I'm trying to get across here. I'm not saying Chris Godwin is going to be a top five fantasy wide receiver. Like, no, not with Baker Mayfield. But look at the structure they have set up in Tampa Bay. Who's the offensive coordinator? The guy that was the quarterback coach for the Seahawks last year, Dave Canales. Like, Baker Mayfield, it'd be different if Baker Mayfield had never shown anything at the NFL level. But he has. Like, he's shown that he can throw over 25 touchdown passes in a single season. He's done that already. So, yes, his situations haven't been great, but we're jumping at the gun to give Sam Darnold more opportunities. Oh, well, Sam Darnold, like, finally, now he's in a situation where he can finally thrive. Maybe not you specifically, D-Bro, but... I was like, not me. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe not me, Ricky Bobby. but a lot of people are <laughs> optimistic about, oh, Sam Darnold, if he gets in there, he's got Shanahan, like, good situation. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield. I think that he has two good wide receivers now. Like, he didn't have that. You said Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. One of those is a running back. It's not a wide receiver. It's different. So I just think outside the top 24 wide receivers, like you want to make a bet with me, is Chris Godwin going to finish outside the top 24? I'm in on that. Are you out? Deaver, um, we did. We just did yeah. a bet on yesterday's show too, Deaver. Are you going to do another one here? Yeah, I'll take it. Chris Godwin outside the top 24 in points PPR. per game. Let's go. Yeah. PPR. All right. I'll take it. Let's go. All right. Very excited. I'm not going to shy right away from it. I'll back it up. Let's go. <laughs> another- I mean, I'm going to own the L, own the L. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another uh, note on I got one, just so to keep in mind, like another year removed from the really tough injury he had, which is just always kind of a player that I like to be interested in. Before we get to Debro's players that he's higher on than ECR, I want to take a moment to mention the Fantasy Pros Draft Kit. Head to fantasypros.com slash kit and find everything you need to dominate draft day. That includes access to free expert rankings from Pat Fitzmorris, Debro and Erickson, plus tons of other free content like position primers, round-by-round strategies, and players to both target and avoid, but premium subscribers get even more exclusive content, plus access to our Fantasy Pros Discord community, where you can engage with our analysts through AMAs, live stages, events, and more. Check out fantasypros.com slash draftkit for your free winning ticket to the 2023 season. Debro, give me some players that you are higher on than ECR. I it's in the same vein of Erickson doesn't understand why people do not like chef Gino. And I agree with him on that. I don't understand why we're not giving enough love to Daniel Jones. 
He is ECR QB 12, and you can get him as a, as a QB two in some spots in best ball drafts. I don't, I don't get it, people. Like, I have him as my QB nine. He was a QB 10 in fantasy points per game. And how can we not say that his situation has done nothing but improve? And everybody wants to make all the jokes about, oh, they signed about 10 slot wide receivers. They still added receiving talent to this depth chart, as well as all those guys are going to play roles. They're going to be positional matchups and Dayball is going to put them in spots to win. They're not, not every one of those guys could be a full-time player. And really this is giving depth and talent to that depth chart, which was needed last year. And Darren Waller is going to be the wide receiver one in this offense. Daniel Jones is going to crush this year. We saw him as a top 10 quarterback last year. Now he has more receiving weapons. Dayball opened up the offense down the stretch and we're not giving enough respect to his name as a passer. Per fantasy points data, he was the fourth highest in highly accurate throws, which is basically hitting a guy, throwing him uh, away from coverage, hitting him in the numbers, hitting him in stride. So he's not a bad quarterback. He just didn't have the volume last year. And I'm not telling you he's going to be top 10 in passing attempts, but we know the rushing upside is there. I don't think that is going anywhere. And this offense is going to throw more. So yes, I'm all in on dimes this year. And I think he has top five quarterback upside. The next guy I got to talk about here is Amon Ross St. Brown. And I'm not telling you people are disrespecting him because yes, he is a wide receiver, nine in ECR, but we also need to up the ante. I've got him as wide receiver five. I think he has a chance to be the wide receiver one overall this year. And I know people think that's crazy. It is crazy. goes out. It's not crazy. It really is not because he has the ability, just like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, to get into that upper echelon of target earning where he can get 150 plus targets. He was knocking on the door of that last year. And from what we saw out of the Detroit Lions, they are going to throw the ball more this year. They showed us that last year. Final eight games of the season. They were top 12 in both neutral script pace and neutral passing rate. You look at after week 10, Amon Ross St. Brown led all wide receivers and red zone targets. Everybody more than Jamar Chase, more than Justin Jefferson, more than any other person you could put out there. Amon Ross St. Brown can threaten for 160 plus targets this year and double digit touchdowns. If he does that, he is going to be in that top three conversation. So everybody can thank me after this season when you draft all the Amon Ross St. Brown. The other two guys are three guys that I got to mention here. Is uh, well, one of them is uh, Andrew's love list guy from last year, and I, I'm on the train, man. Like, and this is not me saying that I have anything against Jerry Judy because I'm all in on Jerry Judy as well. I'm buying back into the Denver Broncos passing attack. Look, I get it was terrible last year, and I get Russell Wilson did not play well. We saw shades of the former Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, emerge from that Nathaniel Hackett scrum at the basically for most of the year down the stretch after Hackett was out. Now you have Cortland Sutton, who it wasn't pretty last year, but that's not Cortland Sutton's fault. If we get a better version of Russell Wilson this year, Cortland Sutton is going to put up really good numbers because if you look at his deeper metrics, the things that Cortland Sutton could control last year, he was 23rd in route win rate. He was 10th in win rate against man coverage. And even if those metrics don't sit here and tickle your fancy, per ESPN open scores, over the last two years, he was tied for 12th. So he's getting open at a top 12 rate tied with CD lamb. So 
I'm going to bake into a regression. I have Cortland Sutton as my wide receiver 37. I'm probably going to bump him up into the wide receiver three range and ECR is lagging at wide receiver 42. So yes, I'm back in on Cortland Sutton this year. The other guy, again, we're talking about, he had the worst run out possible was Deontay Johnson. And we've discussed this on numerous shows and now social media is catching up. They're still not high enough though. ECR has him as wide receiver 32. That is blasphemous. Absolutely blasphemous. I just put out a video the other day for the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel on my 13 undervalued players. He's number one because he should be a top 20, top 24 wide receiver. Everything screams that. He was the wide receiver 20 in expected fantasy points per game. He was first in open score last year. He got open at an elite level. So all we're talking about here is Kenny Pickett needs to take a step forward and Deontay Johnson doesn't need to have the worst luck in all of the NFL at the wide receiver position. And he's going to pay off handedly. The last guy I want to bring up here is Gerald Everett. And I'm, this is, again, I'm buying into good offenses, baby. Chargers are probably going to lead the NFL in passing attempts this year. Justin Herbert's probably going to lead the NFL in passing yards. So... Gerald Everett is coming along for the ride. Dalton Schultz has done this in a Kalen Moore offense, and I'm not even going to debate people. Dalton Schultz is nowhere near the talent that Gerald Everett is. Last year, Gerald Everett was 12th in yak per reception. He was third in yards per outrun against man coverage behind only Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. And you've heard me talk about that stat on this show. I want access to elite upside. Gerald Everett, I get that it is a crowded passing attack, so he doesn't really probably get into that elite tier. But can he be a top 10 uh, tight end? you damn right. I have him as tight end 10 in my ranks. ECR has him as a tight end two lagging at tight end 16. So everybody knows the receiver I'm going to ask Erickson about. Before I do that, I just want to point out that, A, I'm with you on the luck factor with Deontay Johnson and sort of regressing back to the mean. I'm not as much with you on Kenny Pickett taking a step forward, as you said he needs to do. Ryan, your Ravens homerism will let you do that. Deontay so. Johnson, he is the greatest positive regression candidate of all time. Yes. I'm not I'm not denying yes. that. I think that's, that's no, completely— No, you just can't sugarcoat it. It's the GOAT regression candidate of all time. <laughs> That's Deontay Johnson. 2021 Miles Sanders of wide receivers, I, I, baby. That's what he is. Was it Miles Sanders the GOAT regression candidate just last year? Or is Deontay and he Johnson? hit it. Yeah, but that was just touchdowns. You're like, making Deontay our Jones, case. Like, he, touched, he has regression with deep what? targets. My touchdowns. only point here is that I don't trust Kenny Pickett to take a step forward. I'm with you on Ra- Deontay Ravens Johnson. Homer says hi. Ravens yeah, Homer okay. says hi. The other thing mm-hmm. I wanted to just clarify is that when I said it's crazy uh, what you said about Amon Rice St. Brown, it's not crazy that you have him aggressively ranked in the top five. I, I'm with you on that. I love him. I'm just, I just kind of think like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, if healthy, like uh, barring injury, I just don't see another receiver like topping those guys. But he's right there in that like, you know, next level elite tier. So it's not, I don't, I want to be clear that I don't hate Amon Rice St. Brown. I think you're crazy for being aggressive on it. But the guy everybody wants to hear talk it's about okay, uh, is, is Erickson talking about Cortland Sutton. Given everything that you talked about him last year, you obviously disagree with Debro here this year. So where have you kind of come landed on on Cortland Sutton? I mean, I think that his most appealing feature is he's a touchdown regression candidate. You know, he had a lot of end zone, red zone targets last year and didn't score a lot of touchdowns, as we all know, because we all drafted him because of me and Debro. Sorry about that. But <laughs> For this year, I'm just not, I don't know what his role is going to be in this offense. Like, to be totally honest, like, I feel really good about Jerry Judy because we saw Jerry Judy be good with Russell Wilson last year, but it's a whole new coaching staff coming in. So I don't know what Sutton's role is on this offense. Tim Patrick, look, before Tim Patrick got hurt last year, 
which I also will use as a reason why I like Sutton more because Tim Patrick wasn't part of the offense last year. Tim Patrick is someone that you can't, he gets on the field. Like he finds ways to get snaps, get targets. The last two healthy seasons, he's finished as a top 40 receiver. You know who hasn't done that? Corlin Sutton. Corlin Sutton has finished as a top 40 receiver one time in his five-year career. He's been 48, 47, 45, and one side in the top 20 in his second year in the league. Basically, he's put up a DJ Chark-esque career at this point. So I like Marvin Mims a lot. So I'm just looking at the optics of the situation now. Yes, Russell Wilson is still there, but the pieces in the offense are different. The coaching staff is different. So for those reasons, I'm out on Cortland Sutton for the most part. In the wide receiver four range where he goes, I see a lot of other players that I would much rather prefer taking a shot on younger players. Elijah Moore kind of goes in that similar range. I like him more as a breakout candidate with the Houston, or excuse me, with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson more than I like Cortland Sutton. So that's kind of my disagreement with Debro. I just, I think the Denver offense can be better, but I'm not so sure that Colton Sutton is the reason it's going to be better. I've, I've mentioned this on shows with you, you guys before. I want to mention it again because you mentioned Tim Patrick, just in case people didn't hear those other offseason shows. I talked to somebody who covers a team who was there all summer last year, and he said Russell Wilson loved Tim Patrick. He was absolutely the apple of his eye and was targeting him at every opportunity. So if he's back and fully healthy and being utilized in this offense, I think he's severely undervalued and will maybe take away from some of the other wide receivers that people are excited about. Before we move on, it's time to revolutionize your wardrobe with bird dogs. These are not your typical shorts. They are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a sculpted look. For those watching on YouTube, I'm holding up a pair here. They've got all these cool designs. And they just look good when you're wearing them. Basically, they're like Lululemon shorts, but they fit way better. Bird Dogs invented cloud knit fabric so their shorts could offer an amazing slim fit without compromising on your movement. As a bigger guy, that really comes in handy for me. So say goodbye to those old stiff cotton shorts. What makes Bird Dogs even more amazing is the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. Again, this is huge for me personally because I don't actually have a sense of smell. I don't know how many people actually know that about me. So having confidence knowing that my shorts are stink-free is actually huge for me. You'll stay cool and dry all day long. You can see and feel the difference. I know I do. I've tossed out all my old shorts, and now I live in my bird dogs, especially working from home. I wear them all day, every day. So go to birddogs.com slash fantasypros and enter promo code fantasypros for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. I've got that here again for the YouTube audience. That's birddogs.com slash fantasy pros or promo code uh, fantasy pros for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you take it from me. Once you try on bird dogs, you won't want to wear anything else. So why wait? Upgrade your wardrobe today with bird dogs. I saw you guys laughing about the smell. That's, that's, that's an entirely true, true fact, by the way. Erickson, when he mentioned about, about the no stink technology, did you think he's going to say something about, I don't shower, so I know it still works? <laughs> like, I, I swear, I thought that was going to be the transition, and shower. I was like, oh, worm, no. no if, anything, if anything, I shower too often because I know I can't smell, that I'm just, like, hyper worried about smelling and not realizing it. So uh, please don't throw so it you're at you're going to rock bird dogs 24-7. That's all oh, I heard. God, I already do. That's, that's exactly the truth. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, Roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Uh, Erickson, let's get to the guys that you are lower on than ECR. Gonna start quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers. Do you guys know that Aaron Rodgers hasn't passed for 300 yards since week 14 of the 2021 season? Well, now you do. You know, last year, two top 12 finishes inside the top 12 weekly finishes for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I just don't understand QB 15, ECR rank. I don't I don't get the ups. Like, what's the point? Like, he's 39 years old. He hasn't flashed any type of fantasy football ceiling over the last two years, essentially. And we just look at the quarterbacks that busted at the highest rate last season. Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. What do they all have in common? Played on new teams. So, yeah, I don't think that it's all going to be glitters is gold for Aaron Rodgers and Gang Green. Next guy up here is Josh Jacobs. So he led the NFL in touches last year, but I've done some more research on this as that achievement is not necessarily super great for 
the following seasons, looking at running backs since 2013 that led the NFL in touches the following year, only two running backs have actually finished as RB ones in the, in the following season. One of those was Ezekiel Elliott and he finished inside the top five. One of them was LaShawn McCoy. He finished as RB 12, but for the most part, they either get hurt or underwhelm dramatically. So just looking at Josh Jacobs body of work, RB 14, RB eight, RB 16, RB one, like last year, the planets aligned for Josh Jacobs and he was a league winner for that, all those reasons. But I don't think it just means, okay, now this is the year to draft Josh Jacobs. Like last year was the year to draft him. And a lot of us missed out on it, but this isn't a reason to then chase it, chase the dragon of Josh Jacobs into a new season. When I think the optics of the situation are somewhat different besides the backfield. Like that's why Josh Jacobs still has a high ADP and ECR rank. Cause you're looking at all oh, Zamir white, this Britain Brown guy, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, like a bunch of these scrub running backs. Oh, Josh Jacobs can get all the volume. Well, Josh McDaniels never features rookie running backs. So in hindsight, there was a lot of indications that the Josh Jacobs thing could have happened last year. And honestly, I kind of felt like at some points like that, but ultimately I was swayed by the group thing. As Josh Jacobs going to be a bust, and, and eventually that's where I settled on my take as well, and I was wrong. But McDaniels, again, looking back, it's not surprising that Zemir White never got to play because he was a rookie running back. And with the Patriots, he never really featured rookie running backs. It wasn't until he left that we started to see more rookie running backs actually get uh, work and playing time with the New England Patriots. So for those reasons, I'm out on Josh Jacobs at his current ranking. Next guy up here is Alexander Madison. Uh, he's going, I'm seeing him going inside the top 20, and he goes actually, he goes ahead of Cam Akers, and I, I just don't get it. It's all projection. If you type in dead zone running back into chat GPT, Alexander Madison comes up, or he should come up, because this is exactly the running back you don't want to draft. He's getting boosted up because of the situation he plays in. He plays in a good offense, but he's a totally unproven running back. You know, last year was Chase Edmonds. Oh, like he's flashed at times. Bust. Oh, Mike Davis. Oh, he's going to be the starting runner for the Atlanta Falcons. He's great. He was good in relief of Christian McCaffrey. Oh, sounds a lot like Alexander Madison. Good in relief for Dalvin Cook, but never good enough to be, oh, free Alexander Madison. Were there ever chant? Were we ever chanting for Alexander Madison to get into the game? No. And that's why it's totally different than the Tony Pollard thing because Pollard was earning touches while Zeke was still playing and healthy. And then he totally blew up. He blew Zeke out of the water. Never happened with Alexander Madison. Every time Madison got touches... We thought for a second, oh, that's Dalvin Cook. It was like, oh, wait, it's just a worse version of Dalvin Cook that's out there because they would look similar because they both have the dreadlocks and the single-digit numbers. So that's my take on Madison. Like, he checks off all the boxes of running backs that you don't want to draft. And I get the allure. Like, people are projecting him to be the bell cow for the Vikings, but just betting on projection in round four just tends to be a bad bet. I'd rather draft wide receivers where he's being drafted. But before Next you get here, to, before you get oh, to your other sorry. players, Erickson, I just want to ask you, since you mentioned Josh Jacobs was sort of like last year's dead zone guy that you avoided and this and it didn't work out for you. And then this year you're talking about Madison. Who is the guy in the RB dead zone this year that you actually think could maybe be this year's Josh Jacobs? Maybe not to the elite level Jacobs was last year, but the guy that you might be wrong on that oh. actually should be targeted in that range. Same. Well, I think for me, Same. I'm going to let the the so the market's going to change based on where ADPs kind of land with some of these running backs. So when you bring up the question of like, okay, who's going to be this year's Josh Jacobs, I'm thinking about who does the market hate the most? Like I want the cheapest guy of these dusty veterans, whether it's James Conner, like if James Conner's like RB 30 or something like that, I'm like, okay, sick. Like he's a starting running, but like why is Alexander Madison getting drafted so much higher than James Conner? Who's been a proven bell cow, you know? So it could be James Conner or let's say Dalvin cook lands in a meh, 
landing spot. He goes to Miami. They don't know. Oh, we don't know who's going to be the lead back. Okay. Dalvin Cook's outside the top 24 running backs. People are like, oh, he sucks now. I'd probably draft Dalvin Cook. You know, at, at one point during the offseason, I thought it would be Joe Mixon because he was going really late too. But he's seen his ADP climb back up where he's even come, he will even go in like the second round sometimes. And ECR is really high on Joe Mixon. So it's probably not going to be Mixon. Mixon to me now looks more like a, a dead zone back. So um, I think I probably actually mentioned it. Debro's actually helped me out in the chat here as I'm boggling names in my mind. It is Cam Akers. Like it's that is Cam the Akers. <laughs> the name that you're searching yeah. for is Cam Akers, the so, guy that nobody wants, and he's going in the and fourth I am to on sixth round. ECR, and I did talk about him already. Yeah. So that's Cam Akers. my mind. <laughs> All right, give me the other players you're lower on, Erickson. Uh, last two guys here, George Kittle. Uh, I just think that tight end four going in the top 50 overall is too high for George Kittle. Lowest yards per route run since his rookie season last year. Look, the, the splits with Brock Purdy look excellent, but Brock Purdy was also throwing it to George Kittle, so he was averaging one and a half receiving touchdowns per game. Like, that's not sustainable over a long period of time. Neither is Brock Purdy having a touchdown rate that is Patrick Mahomes-esque. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just not buying into that. Those things regress. And if Purdy has played, if Purdy's going to play more games, he's not going to throw as many touchdowns. I just, it was unsustainable what he was doing last year. Looking at the target pecking order, George Kittle was third in the pecking order, tied with McCaffrey behind Debo Samuel, behind Brandon Ayuk. So yeah, maybe Kittle's going to have a couple spike weeks here and there like he always does, but I just don't want to pay such an expensive price tag for that when it was so touchdown dependent as the tight end four, when I can get guys like a Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller so much later in drafts. And then the last guy I have is wide receiver Kadarius Tony for the Kansas City Chiefs. This was what I wrote about Gabriel Davis last year. Uh, Gabriel Davis' lack of consistent target share puts him in a bucket of players that I've traditionally not taken a major leap in production in their third season. That's literally Kadarius Tony. You could just take it, Gabe Davis' name out, put Kadarius Tony's name in, and it's a sign of a bust player. Like, there's no consistency with Kadarius Tony's game. And I understand the allure. He's got a super high target rate when he's on the field, which is not very, not very frequent. Like eventually you have to convert your playing time into actual fantasy points, which Kadarius Tony just hasn't done enough of. He's played one game with a 75% snap share one time in the playoffs. When all I could talk about was how involved Kadarius Tony was going to be in the Super Bowl, He ran fewer than 10 routes in the game. Like I want Sky Moore. That's who I want in this chief's offense. He's cheaper. I think that he's going to have a full-time role. I actually saw a video of Juju Smith-Schuster talking about wide receivers that he liked. He called Sky Moore his wide receiver sleeper on the Chiefs because he specifically mentioned that Juju was leaving the slot and that Sky Moore was going to take over in the slot there. So I think Tony's still going to be a gadget guy. They're going to probably use him like more in the McCole Hardman mold where, okay, he's going to have a couple big weeks here and there because he's explosive. But, dude, you're never going to want to start this guy. When did you ever know when to start McCole Hardman? Nobody ever knew. Never. So Kadarius Tony, ever. I'm out on. Would you, would you quickly, Erickson, rather have rasheed rice uh at cost than tony i don't i probably actually have to if, if it's between those two i probably have to have tony at, at cost obviously he's going much later than tony i will i, yeah, I, I, I don't want anything to tony. do with tony i agree with wholeheartedly with erickson here i mean like and, and the thing that i, I want to double down on erickson's take here per matt Harmon's reception perception work do we see Kadarius tony getting like all these screens like <laughs> It, it, it into per perpetuity, like like 135, 140 screen targets, because that's really what the bet that you're making. 31.6% of his targets last year were either in the flat or a screen. 
I'm sorry. Like, I want a complete wide receiver that can run a route tree. Like, because you're betting on him to get 120, 130 screen targets. <laughs> Good luck. Debra, let's wrap up with your guys that you are lower on than ECR. Man, I'm all in on Deontay Johnson, and I am firmly out on George Pickens. Uh, ECR has him as wide receiver 37. People are slowly starting to wake up to the smelling salts of Deontay Johnson because they were at one point this offseason drafting George Pickens ahead of Deontay Johnson. That is absolute drunk talk, man. Like, that's beer goggles, like three sheets to win. Like, you're going to be driving the toilet the next day because it makes no damn sense to me. George Pickens is, we want to talk about boom bust, polarizing, whatever. That's what George Pickens is. He had six weeks inside of the top 24 last week, last year, but the other eight weeks, you couldn't even freaking start him. He had eight games where he was the wide receiver 50 or worse last year. And I don't see that changing. So everybody's gonna say, well, then who's going to be the number two in this passing attack? Give me Pat Bryermuth all day. He surpassed George Pickens after Claypool was out the door in target share. And I think he's just, he's a higher earning target player where he is going to draw a higher target share. George Pickens has not proved that he can do that to this point. And Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin being there this year, they're going to go back to running a lot of 11 personnel in weeks one through eight, whenever they were 11 personnel heavy. And it wasn't just, okay, two wide receiver sets, George Pickens had a 15% target share, 1.1 yards per route run, and that is replacement level. The guy could barely eclipse 15% target per route run rate. I'm sorry, I don't want wide receivers that cannot earn targets. We want to talk about volume and volume being king in fantasy. If you can't earn targets, you're not getting volume. Count me out on George Pickens. Uh, the other four guys I want to bring up here, DeAndre Swift, we've talked about him a ton on the podcast. So I really don't need to ha rehash a lot of that. Yes, I have him as RB40 right now because there are guys I want to draft over DeAndre Swift. And if you're saying, okay, well, then who are you taking from the Philadelphia Eagles backfield? Again, if you tune into previous episodes, it's all Rashad Penny, baby. DeAndre Swift draws his ability and his worth in fantasy from his ability in the passing game. And I'm sorry, the team that does not throw to the running backs, and I don't think that's going to change because they still have incredibly talented wide receivers and Dallas Goddard there. I don't think DeAndre Swift is going to get that type of work in the passing game. And even what he did on the field last year in the early downs is immensely overrated. 64% of his games last year, he didn't even surpass 2.5 yards after contact per attempt. And for everybody listening at home, that is incredibly terrible for a player that gets ballyhooed and people talk about constantly about how explosive he is. And he's a, he's a playmaker and, well, he can't break tackles. So what? He gets what's blocked. He's got open runways and he runs fast through them. Okay, cool. That's great and grand. And yeah, Philly's got a good offensive line, but when he's asked to create on his own, doesn't do it. So I'm out on Swift. Michael Pittman, add him on top of this heap. And this is all comes down to volume. Michael Pittman has an, like an immense talented skill set. He's an awesome wide receiver. But this Colts offense is going to be predicated on the run game. It's going to be predicated on using Anthony Richardson's legs. And Pittman, even if he draws that 25-26% target share that he had last year, with the limited amount of volume there through the air, I have a hard time envisioning him getting past like 100 to 110 targets in this offense. 
110 is probably the ceiling I see for him, unless the Colts surprise us and pass more than what I'm projecting. So I'm out on Pittman. We talked about Godwin. The last guy I want to end off here, man, is Dalton Schultz. I, I don't want anything to do with Dalton Schultz. And this all comes down to Dalton Schultz is a product. He's been made by Dak Prescott. If you look at the splits with Dalton Schultz on the NFL field with and without Prescott, they are insanely massive and we could say whatever we want to about Cooper Rush and Andy Dalton not being the same type of quarterback as Dak Prescott I get that but still you got to earn targets and when said quarterback goes out and you do nothing because legit with Dak Prescott under center Dalton Schultz is averaging 12.1 PPR points per game you take Dak out of the equation and this is 15 games people so not like a five game sample 6.7 PPR points per game that would have put him as the tight end 26 in fantasy points per game. Now, now we're talking about as much as I love CJ Stroud, I think it's going to be a run heavy offense. His PFF receiving grade, his yak per reception, and his yards per route run all dropped last year. And I get he was dinged up, but I don't see those things rebounding in Houston this year. So yeah, I've got Dalton Schultz, who ECR has him as tight end 11. No. I have him as tight end 21. I'm going to bury him in ranks. I want nothing to do with him. I will draft guys that have upside. Give me access to good offenses. I'll take Gerald Everett over him. Give me the swing on Dalton Kincaid over him. I'll take Chigaquanquo over Dalton Schultz. No way. So, no. so Debro is the outlier in terms of the fantasy pros experts on Schultz. The other guys, 13th, 11th, and 10th. Debro, like you just said, down at 21st. Erickson, I know you are one of the people, obviously they all are, who are higher on Schultz than Debro is. Yeah, I'm definitely more in line with ECR on Schultz. And I mean, I would have been out on Schultz, too, if he was more expensive than where his current ADP. I mean, he's going in late round tight end territory. So it's all one big cluster. So Debro obviously ranking him as tight end 21. You know, obviously you're taking a big stand there. But I mean, tight end 15 to tight end 20. Like, it's all kind of a big tier in yeah, itself. It's a mush. Yeah, it's a big mush tier. So at, when we're looking at these tight ends, I mean the argument for targets is enough for me. Like I think I mentioned on one of these past shows that Darren Waller was in the, the same situation as Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey as being one of the only tight ends. That's the first receiver drafted on his respective team. And in some formats, Dalton Schultz fits in that criteria too, because the Texans don't have any established pass catchers whatsoever on their team. Like I like Nico Collins a lot, but he's also a wide receiver. So if Dalton Schultz ultimately becomes the number one target on the Houston Texans, which I think is in the range of outcomes. I don't think it's crazy to think if we look up, oh, he did lead the team in targets because they don't have a lot of good wide receivers. Like that to me is like at least warranting some interest as he's a late round tight end that should at least be on your radar. Now, I thought he was originally going to be like a top eight guy, like being in that middle range, like drafted near Evan Ingram where and David Njoku, where you were actually paying a premium for him as one of these onesie positions inside the top 100 because of what he's done in the past. But you're getting the Texans discount and the fact that Dalton Schultz really isn't this uber-athletic tight end whatsoever. He doesn't really create a lot of plays on his own. But for the argument of just, hey, man, this guy needs this guy's going to get targets and he's going to get playing time because that can do a lot for you at tight end land in fantasy. So I, I was originally very out on Dalton Schultz because I thought he was going to be more expensive. Um, but I mean, if he falls to the tight end 15, 16 range, like and I don't have a tight end yet, especially in a PPR format where you're just trying to get receptions and targets. I think Schultz is, is a fine option. Now, the only thing I will say too, is 
if you want to do more of an arbitrage on Dold Schultz, this kind of came into my mind as I was thinking about it. Hayden Hurst is kind of profile similar to Dalton Schultz, where he's on Carolina. They don't have any established receivers really either. I think they're probably a little bit better than they have on the Texans, but not by much. Hurst is always going to be cheaper than Dalton Schultz. So maybe he's kind of the, the way that you get access to cheap targets because Hayden Hurst isn't Hayden Hurst doesn't have as decorated as a profile. He doesn't have as many tight end one finishes as a player like Dalton Schultz. But we saw in Atlanta when Hayden Hurst was on offense that threw the ball a ton, he was a tight end one. So he he could potentially get there too. So your your pro Dalton Schultz argument is kind of like a vintage Zach Ertz argument, Erickson, if I'm reading that right. I think so. Yeah, I mean, he's been a proven producer the last couple of years. Like, he's done it, and that matters. Like, if you look at a lot of these breakout tight ends, it's guys on second contracts, on second teams that have done it in the past, have shown, hey, I can be a guy. And I, I was just surprised at how low the entire market was on him when he could lead the team in targets. And again, there's not many tight ends that could even do that, like, at all where they're going to be buried on their depth chart, where Dalton Schultz, it's you don't really need to paint a crazy picture where, oh yeah, he was the number one target on the Texans. Like, yeah, it could be 600 yards, but he could catch 70 passes. Let, let's recap all the names here. The guys Erickson is higher on, Geno Smith, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb, A.J. Brown, Chris Godwin. The guys Debro is higher on, Daniel Jones, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Gerald Everett. The guys we're lower on for Erickson is Aaron Rodgers, Josh Jacobs, Alexander Madison, George Kittle, Kadarius Toney, and Debro is lower on DeAndre Swift, George Pickens, Michael Pittman, Chris Godwin, and Dalton Schultz. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the show and leave a comment on YouTube with some other players the early rankings are wrong on. Also, be sure to check out the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Draft Kit to help you dominate draft day. And, of course, go buy some birds dogs for Debro and Erickson. I'm Ryan Wormley. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust Res Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.